Micah, uh, his name means something as well. The meaning of Micah is, who is like Yahweh? It's a question. Who is like the Lord? It's a rhetorical question, right? Or the answer is obvious. Nobody is like the Lord. So Micah is writing 700 years before Jesus is born. And the time in which he's writing is, quote, a period of self-serving rulers, corrupt judges, false prophets, and idolatrous people. Sounds a little familiar, huh? And there is this promise that I want you to listen for. It's just a few verses. Of a ruler who is the one of peace. So Micah, chapter 5, verses 2 through 5a. Let's pray. Lord, we want to hear you speak your peace to us in Jesus Christ. We ask that your Holy Spirit would take the words of Scripture, my words, how we listen, how we respond, to know and experience your peace in this world. Amen. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has brought forth, and then the rest of his kindred shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall live secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be the one of peace. This is the gift of God's word. Thanks be to God. He shall be the one of peace. Probably one of the most famous phrases in the Christmas story is what the angels sang out to the shepherds after Jesus was born. Glory to God in the highest. And what? On earth, peace. I was sitting with Phyllis Begay and asked her if I could share this conversation with you. And as I often do when I'm visiting with people, I'd like to ask before we pray together, what is your prayer? And so I asked her that question, and she said, peace on earth. And then she went on and added this phrase, in all ways. So I knew in her mind there were a lot of layers underneath that longing that she had and that prayer that she had for peace. I have been giving this gift. Uh, it's one of my favorites this year. Number one, it was not that expensive. Um, but also it's a prayer. It's a prayer for the people I'm giving it to um, that they will experience a peace that I can't give them, that only God can give them. And we do have this longing for peace that we can't give ourselves. There is this verse in John 16, where Jesus says this, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. God's peace in Jesus Christ reaches to those places those places of longing in us, those places of longing that I have as I give this mug and that you have today that Phyllis had as we prayed together. 
for peace. So many layers, so many ways we want it to happen, and yet we cannot make it happen. I've been uh, enjoying, once again, watching the Warriors, uh, Golden State Warriors play. It's one of my sports focuses, whatever. I like that team. And it's interesting, as I listen to them talk about the players, I'm not real knowledgeable about basketball. I'm one of those, I came late to the enthusiasm uh, with Steph Curry. But, you know, when they talk about Kevin Durant, they kept talking about his wingspan. And I'm like, what are you talking about? But I know wingspans of, like, the California condor, uh, which is like 10 feet wide. But they're talking about his wingspan. You know, he's six foot nine, and his wingspan is seven feet five inches. And then I, I knew about that. And then uh, last week, when I was watching the Utah Jazz play against them, they talked about Rudy Gobert. Guess how long wide his wingspan is? It is seven feet nine inches. That's a big wingspan. And why is that important? Because the reach of an NBA player, I mean, that's how you win the game, right? In all kinds of ways. So I would think about that when I think about the stunning, stunning, stunning reach of God's peace in Jesus Christ. And I want to explore that reach with you today. And I want to explore it in the ways that his reach goes back into the past. Did you hear that in our passage he is from of old, from ancient of days. But then it goes into the future. He shall, he shall, he shall. Six times you hear that future tense. He shall be the one through whom we live secure, that we'll take care of his sheep. He shall be the one of peace. So you have this amazing reach of Jesus Christ back into the past, into the future, bringing it into the present, in ways that we cannot give it to ourselves. And I want to explore that in three ways. Peace within. Peace in the face of death. Peace in the face of hopeless conflict. And every layer of that peace, where Christ's peace reaches, we're going to pause and we're going to pray the prayer, Dona nobis pacem which means grant us peace. So I want to start with peace within and our longing for peace within and Christ's reach there because that's the hardest one for me. As many of you know, um, I struggle with anxiety. I struggle with phobias. And I, I'm kind of amazed at how much I hear that coming up for other people. A lot of people struggle with anxiety and panic attacks, and a lot of people struggle with other internal lack of peace, mental illness, and depression, and there's a variety of things, and the hideous thing about this lack of peace within is that there's nowhere you can go to get away from it, right? Wherever you go, you take yourself, and this lack of peace inside. So quite honestly, I've had real doubts about the reach of Jesus Christ, into those places. And then there's this promise in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Paul writes, Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard what? It will guard your hearts, and it will guard your minds. In Christ Jesus. I heard a story 
about uh, a, a man named Walter Sizek. This is a hidden story from World War II that I found both fascinating and encouraging. Walter Sizek was in Poland in 1939. He's an American, American priest, Jesuit priest. And the Soviets invaded Poland in 1939 and they rounded up uh, all these refugees and they took them to labor camps in Russia. And they included uh, this American in their roundup and when they found out that he was a priest, he was treated particularly harshly and he was put in solitary confinement for five years. Solitary confinement for five minutes would be the end of me. He was in solitary confinement for five years and to keep his sanity, he hearkened back to all the prayer practices that he had learned in his formation as a Jesuit priest. And he actually looked back on that time in solitary confinement and called it a school of prayer for him. Well, that wasn't the end. Then after being in solitary confinement for five years, he was sentenced to 15 years in Siberia. And there, he said, he learned to think about the providence and to give himself over to the providence of God, which means God's sovereignty. And he learned how to think of everything as being, this is the place God has me. This is the place God wants me. And the, when I was reading it, I read this quote, he experienced peace and freedom. Wow. Wow. Interestingly enough, 1963, he was sent back to America in exchange for a spy. And the people that knew him didn't even know he was still alive. He lived 20 more years. He experienced the wingspan of God's peace in Jesus Christ. Reaching to those places we can't fix, we can't reach. The places where we think we're going to go insane. And God's peace reaches there. As we sing this first melody in this canon called Dona Nobis Pacem, I want you to pray this prayer of grant us peace. I want you to call to mind someone who really, really needs God's peace inside right now as we learn just this part of the melody. Kristen's going to help us. prayer, I asked Phyllis Begay, peace on earth in all ways. That week, they had just cleaned out the books in Charlie's former library, her husband of almost 60 years, who's been dead for about five years plus. So it was a sad week. She felt right about it, but she, she felt sad. And so this longing for peace that she had in the face of death was not something I could give her. 
It's something that really needed to be the reach of God's peace in Jesus Christ, the gift that I pray for people, that they will receive what I can't give. And I think about the reach of God's peace in Jesus Christ beyond the grave. Revelation 1.18, we hear these words from Jesus, Do not be afraid. I'm the first and the last and the living one. I was dead, and see, I am alive forever and ever, and I have the keys of death and of Hades. Only Jesus reaches into the past, into his own death and rising again, resurrection, and into the future where there will be no more death, no more crying, no more pain, but a new creation, and brings all of those into the present and reaches into that place of grief that no one else can reach in and speaks a word of peace. We're having a memorial service on Thursday for Irene Stephan. Many of you know their family members who are members of this church. And in our memorial services, we do that. The reach of Jesus Christ, so stunning, into the past and into the future, coming into the present, is part of, a big part of what we celebrate when we have a memorial service. It was very sweet to me. I asked Elsa if I could share this, but Irene's granddaughter was saying that as she was praying in the death of her grandmother, what brought her peace was thinking about Irene and her husband, Boris, who died earlier this year, who was failing and declining in his 90s. She said, I imagined them together, and now they're both healthy. The healthy young man that she first met and fell in love with. Isn't that sweet? That's the reach. It's the stunning reach of God's peace in Jesus Christ in the face of death. We're going to sing the second part of this melody, this prayer, grant us peace. And as we do, I want you to think of someone right now who's grieving and pray this prayer for them. reach of Christ's peace within, the reach of Christ's peace in the face of death, the reach of Christ's peace in the midst of hopeless conflict. Peace on earth was her prayer. I think it feels more elusive than ever. Will there ever be a world without guns or weapons or war or violence or alienation or hostility? Can you imagine that in our world, in our nation, in our neighborhoods, in our families? And yet, listen to this promise, the promised reach of Jesus Christ that we hear in Ephesians 2. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, 
for he is our peace. In his flesh, he has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall, that is, the hostility between us. I think this is the reach of God's peace that seemed most impossible to Phyllis Begay when I talked to her recently. I think she knew and knows the peace and the reach of God's peace in Jesus Christ within and in the face of death. But in just listening to the news, she just felt burdened when I was talking to her. And so I told her I wanted to read to her this poem. It's a long poem. It's called A New Magnificat. And I did read it to her, and it greatly encouraged her. And I want to read just the first part of it to you. She actually asked for a copy of it. This is by Hilary Watson. And why should I not be smiling, knowing what I know now about what comes after all this, when all the evil falls down, when justice bursts like a sweet flood through the streets, and all the pennies thrown into all wishing wells rise up like miracles. Let me tell you the good news. There is good news. That's it. Goodness, somewhere, rushing toward us in the place where future meets present tense. Hope unwinds across the fragile world and whispers its nightmares away. There is a good day coming. I can see it. When the walls built up between countries crumble back into the earth they rose from, and all the people run free where they want, like every contour of every nation was shaped by the same God. There's a day coming when bullets freeze themselves in the policemen's guns, when all the border patrol cars stall out in one breath, their guns and tasers melt into plows and paintbrushes, and the children trapped in desert camps sing down the walls that hold them. They sing back the road to their mothers and their fathers. This is the reach. She loved this description. It comforted her. Reaching from the past into the victory of the cross that tears down all the walls of hostility. Reaching into the future where there will be no more war and bringing it all into the present moment. In the world, you will have tribulation, Jesus said, but I have overcome the world. I had never heard of Abili Okobi, a woman named Abili Okobi, until about a month ago, after her brother, Chinadu Okobi, died very suspiciously in Milbrae, um, on El Camino Real, where he was tasered um, by a, a group of officers. And she has been trying to get at what happened. She is actually a lawyer herself, brilliant woman. She works for Facebook as head of, of Public Policy Africa, but she's based in London. So she's far away trying to figure out what happened, watching a video that only the family saw different than the report that came out. And she wrote this in a post recently, and I want to read it to you. There is a Christian tradition of standing in the gap. It refers to being an intercessor, a go-between, a person who takes the weight, who intercedes on behalf of, of another for mercy or salvation or justice. Now, she wrote that, this Christ-like behavior, Jesus standing in the gap, not because she's a Christian, 
In fact, she said, my mother always wished I was a person of faith, and I'm not. But she wrote this because she had experienced this reach of Christ's peace when a group of clergy showed up at the Board of Supervisors to intercede on behalf of her brother when she could not be there. She wrote this long post talking about all the things that were hard and discouraging, but when she wrote about this, she said, this lifts up my heart. It gave her peace. The wingspan of Christ's peace. Drawing the victory of Jesus, tearing down everything that divides, everything that is violent, everything that is warring, everything that is conflict that we can't solve and we can't fix, and the future that Jesus is bringing into the present moment. In this last part of Dona Nobis Pachem, this prayer, grant us peace, I want you to pray for those who are discouraged by hopeless injustice, hopeless conflict. good news. There is good news. Rushing to us from the future, coming to us from the past, through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, a new creation is coming. We have this wingspan of God's peace in Jesus Christ, reaching to those places that we cannot reach, guarding our hearts and our minds, bringing peace within, promising a future reunion, a new creation in the face of death, bringing to us hope of reconciliation and justice and oneness in breaking down the hostility between us and healing it. And so we sing the whole round. I invite you to stand. Grant us your peace. Dona Novis Pacem.